Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Lieberland Show. I'm your host, Adam J. Carswell, joined today by the man, Killer Cam, also known as Cam Ivan, a fellow Lieberlander. Cam, how you doing this morning, man? Yeah, hey, well, good morning, Adam. This guy got me here at 7 a.m. Had to walk 30 minutes to meet him at his office. <laughs> but this is the very first live, in-person Lieberland interview. So, happy to be a part of it. As the kids in the crypto world say, this is our first IRL interview in real life for the Lieberland show. And, you know, I might recycle this on my on my personal podcast as well, Dream Chasers. A little plug here, you can go to dreamchasers-ix.com, dreamchasers-ix.com, check out that show. Um, but I don't think I've done... You know what? I've done a couple IRL interviews, but it was a long time ago. So it's time we recycle this energy, have some fun, talk some freedom, and see where it (laughs) takes us. So um, a little bit about Cam, if you could just kind of bring our audience up to speed. How did you first begin your Lieberland journey, man? Yeah. Okay. Good Good question to start. So I was on your show a number of months ago. Actually, the last time I was on this show, November, 2021, it was actually almost a year ago. Was it Maybe, actually November? It might've been October. Ooh, it might've it been. been November actually. It was about a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago. Interesting. So actually, yeah, you can check that one out. It's a good one. Wow. That's been a while already. <laughs> well, anyway, last time I was on the show, we did it remotely and I was in Serbia. So that was, uh, was quite the experience. How my Liberland journey started was moving to Europe last year in April, sorry, May of 2021. Uh, I'm sure you remember, Adam, Canada wasn't the most friendly place to live back then, as if you're a Canadian. (laughs) Um, Only recently has it become friendly again. Yes, it has (laughs) recently become a lot more friendly. I mean, the people are always friendly, but as far as the feds. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna try it we're diving straight into it yeah let's go into it <laughs> as far as the feds are concerned yeah the feds are concerned the, the, the rules for the slaves like it wasn't your place to live <laughs> we're getting yeah. after it yeah so, uh, so i moved now you had a we had a talk recently and you're kind of like you know what part of me feels bad that i was coming down so hard on canada because although the federal regulations were above and beyond there's certain places about this country that i love dearly so like, what were you, what did you mean by that? Well, so for example, to put in perspective, after living in a place like Serbia, 90 to 95% of the population there is Serbian. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Canada, like I'm from Northern Ontario, it's predominantly white, but it's still very multicultural. And so you say, is that why you like it so much? No, no, no. So that's <laughs> part of it. Well, actually the diversity is no, actually diversity in canada is actually probably it's, Dude, it's dope it's a lot it, it's, it's awesome lot. like yeah. it's actually really cool to see all kinds of different people here's the thing if you're in serbia and you wear uh nike socks up to your knees like an american oh, <laughs> and yeah, jordans yeah. and shorts you people look at you like they can tell you're american oh okay canada you could walk out in anything you want you can walk out in a hijab you can walk out in anything and no one's gonna bat an eye they'll be like yeah sure that makes true. sense so it's, it's you feel like, like people that. bat an eye in Serbia if you had a like a hijab on? Uh, maybe because it's a Christian country and they have issues with religious yeah. inter. Interesting. No, yeah, and you're right. Canada does have an anything goes type of. Yeah, so there's that. That that's a cool part. Like I, I don't know. I just never really appreciated it before. We are recording this live in Canada, right? That's now, true. We're in, <laughs> we're in Cowtown, Alberta, Calgary, Alberta. And we might say some risky things throughout the interview if you haven't already picked up on that. So, anyways. Here we go. Your discretion <laughs> is advised. Um, yeah, so that was one thing. Also, just I like to 
be in a community of people that I know and also can feel integrated in. So for example, like we spoke about, you lived in Belize, you can live in these different countries, but will you ever genuinely feel at home or be accepted by them? Because they, they got a culture of their own, which we don't, <clears throat> like you can pretend, you I can go along with it. Away. I'm already ready to wait and keep going. Man. Yeah, yeah, keep like you up. can go along with it, but it's you're never really gonna feel at home. Like you can pretend all day long, but. Okay, yeah, so you, on that, dude, on that point, um, and I think this is, it, it, you and I have talked about this before. I would almost group the United States and Canada as one thing, like North America as one thing. There are certain dynamics that, especially if you're living in both places, if you want to get down to the detail, then, then there's a difference there. And we can talk about the Brazilian steakhouse difference. Oh, my God. Yeah, we'll get into the details. <laughs> but um, to your point, this is the beauty from my observation. <clears throat> and look, I'm with Cam and I'm probably most of our viewers here. By, by no means am I saying how the American economy and politics and how everything's set up i'm the last person that's going to tell you like yo america is the best um, i'm the last person that's going to tell you canada is the best i will tell you from personal experience there's some pretty cool things about both countries that i haven't seen anywhere else in the world and one is what cam is talking about right now i lived in belize for a couple of years i've been in i think like 15 or 16 different countries i haven't lived in these places necessarily but um you know i would even consider newfoundland would be an example because newfoundland although it's canadian it's the newest Canadian province. And before that, I actually, I don't know what it was. I don't know his own country or what, but um, culturally speaking, this happened, I'd say for me more so in, in Belize, but I've noticed it happened a little bit in Newfoundland. When you go to uh, a country like that, and <laughs> Belize is an example, no matter how, how hard you work, how many people you network with, whatever, no matter like how much you put into it, at the end of the day, like if you're not a Belizean, you're not a Belizean. You're just another American coming down trying to make money. Because that is what we do. Uh, we're pretty good at that. We work hard. And I think the American culture in particular, one thing I do like about it is it is kind of built on saying, screw you to the government. Like the all stuff that happened with the clean recently, the only country I know that didn't really care was America. Shout out to the homeland. So respect, <laughs> respect. Me, Belize still has the clean on their on their money, even though they're an independent country. We got, we got some rabbit holes to go down. So uh, anyways, living in Belize, it was cool. Accomplished a lot in a couple of years there. But like I was always still... In American. And then I've noticed uh, helping out some people that I know personally in the U.S. One of my friends who's from from Bosnia, actually, immigrated with his family to the U.S., been working his butt off, <clears throat> excuse me, for the past, like, since 2017, he's been working on getting his U.S. visa because he wants to work in America. And um, although that process might not be easy, getting your work visa in any country that I've seen before is, isn't easy because state-run state run stuff. Oh, it's atrocious. But, so anyways, this dude gets his uh, work visa and he reaches out to me and I'm like, Maybe it's just me, but I, I feel like Americans in general, like I want to help this guy out. I can see how hard he's worked. He's come to America for like, you know, the American dream as an American or you say like fellow American, like I want to help him succeed. Whereas I didn't really observe that in Belize or other countries. They see that you're coming from somewhere else. They're like, oh, I want to help him succeed. Like, fuck no. They would rather <laughs> see you fail. They would rather see you fail in another country because you're coming there from a foreign land. They say, fuck this guy. Your question is about yeah, there we um, go. whereas yeah exactly someone comes to canada someone comes to the states that's a that's an amazing feat like we want that person to succeed because it just it looks so good upon us and it keeps the dream alive the north american dream we could call it because right. it is real like the opportunity you can actually be and do anything you want here all those european countries or even i'm sure latin america is the same i haven't been down there yet but they're still very small-minded like even switzerland like i love switzerland i'm swiss background as well mm -hmm. 
man, people just kind of think about like school, work, job, like you get, that's you it. You get a couple weeks of freedom. Yeah. Well, August. they get a little more there, but still. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe the enslavement's a little bit less, but it's still enslavement. <laughs> <laughs> we we had we had Labor Day here recently in North America, which is one of the few days that the feds let the let the slaves run around free and did not have to work. <laughs> and Cam's like, bro, we are we are honoring this day. We're gonna keep working because we want because we want to. And well, we, do have, we do work um, because of how intense this interview is getting. Actually, uh, we won't necessarily plug our company, but we work together and we make it rain and have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you were going to say something. Well, work will set you free. And I know that's a, a big statement that was, I think, somewhere in Auschwitz. Like work will set you free. Although it's actually very true if it's meaningful work. Yeah. Unfulfilling work. These people that work for the fucking government of Canada. Sorry. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's not fulfilling work. Like you're not that's not going to set you free. <laughs> They'll give you a time to be set free. Yes, you get a time to be free. Yeah, exactly. When, when they say so. Yeah, yeah, is it when they say so? Yeah, they get to be your overlords. But like with what we're if you're doing, lucky enough you save up, up enough money, you might be able to take 10 years off at the end of your, end of your life. But hopefully you don't run out of money. Most people, even retirement, that's a made up fallacy. It was actually created in Germany to get old people out of the workforce. I can't remember the exact year, but it was created. There's a lot of old weird people stuff that out. came from Germany. Yeah, everything. <laughs> as, we, as we're continuing to find out on our calls that we do. Yes. Uh, yes. Cam and I are connected to what I think we both would consider a pretty elite group of open-minded thinkers that man it's a great group yeah <laughs> i've learned a lot about the world being in there call it the enemies of the state maybe i don't know <laughs> uh, really really interesting group very grateful to be a part of that uh so much to learn on a weekly basis yeah but that's the thing most people they'll they just they're aiming their whole lives at retirement when they're 50 60 70 years old and they have none of their energy left that they used to have and then what do they want to do? Their dream that they've been thinking about for the last 30, 40 years is to just relax. Okay, you can do that, but you're telling your body that you don't want to do anything anymore. And if you tell your body that, your body's like, okay, let's check out. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's die now. And that's why most people die, like right if they hit retirement. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, I know I sent you some of his stuff recently, but Myron Golden, from yep. sales perspective, he ta he talks about like, you know, why would I ever like truly want to retire? I love what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but he'll say that he's a full-time golfaholic and he's, a, he, he works part-time for himself. Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> and he's also in his sixties, but like dude, he's, he, it's, it's cool to kind of have that mindset and strive for that because I think that's what we were put on this planet to yep. do is to, is to enjoy the life in front of us, yep. not slave away the whole time. Exactly. And it's about the journey, right? Like it's such a maybe old cliche or something, but it's about the journey onto the, de the, the destination, et cetera. It really is though. Like the people that are aiming the whole life at retirement so they can finally take a breath. It's that's a terrible way to live. When we, we work together, we have jobs with, for a company, but we, a company we believe in smaller company too. So you feel a lot more entrepreneurial within the company and it's a great time. Yeah. Like I wake up and I feel fulfilled when I'm doing my work because we're actually growing and we're learning at the same time. Too is, um, at the core of what we do, is we help empower entrepreneurs to liberate people in their circles. That's true. I guess it does tie into all of our other belief systems. That yeah. way it, it, it is very fulfilling. Cause that's like, that was kind of the mission on, on why we set out with what we do in the first place was like, all right, we want to create an environment where our wives can have the option keyword option can have the option to be a full-time stay at home mom if they want to, or 
you know, if they want to like work or start their own company or whatever, like just having the option to do so, that's what inspired it. And now we're seeing that happen in the lives of our clients too, where they're getting optionality and like creating, creating optionality for others that are entrepreneurs. <laughs> Entrepreneurship is the fastest way to financial freedom, folks. I, I just, after personal experience, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's hard to argue any other way. And dude, I can't, this guy's, this guy's, as of this recording, he's still 23. That's so 23. Wild. I wasn't believing when I was 23. <laughs> getting, getting beat up by the culture. No, yeah. no, 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 no. They wouldn't let me go. No, shout out to Louise. Great country. Um, I love shout out this year. And I do have, I do have some very close friends that live there for my time there. And I, I highly endorse going to and even living there. We're just trying to make a point earlier when you come in somewhere as the american guy or even the canadian guy uh you're right i think people they'll be nice at first yep. but then once they see the trend of success um they might actually want you to fail well think about it even in your family unit or your most inner circle when you start to really change your life and want to start a business people start to treat you a little bit differently like it's all oh, it's cute it's fun it's nice good idea but when you're really serious and you're making very big life changes in order to accomplish that goal people start to turn away a little bit they get a little cold they get a little icy and that's the same thing in those countries too like oh you want to you're a tourist you're going to come visit cool nice to meet you whatever you're here to do business you're trying to take food out of our mouths like that type of stuff mm. and it's weird um, as opposed to in the u.s they would see it as a contribution to the economy and to the world or to the entire country yeah canada as well i'd say yeah yeah i think that um i had a, I had a thought there on that but basically I think even if you go, even if you go to some of the countries that we're referring to, there and there could be, there could actually be some, what do you want to call them, capitalist societies out there. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I think the most capitalist societies are the North American ones. Those would be the ones that would encourage like highest and best service gets paid the most. Other places, it's tough. And then I, oh, oh that's what I was thinking is, um, I don't really know what the taxation rates are in Serbia. I know Belize actually they're really good, but. Uh, they were it's okay. even worth starting a business in a lot of European countries is what I is what I think because it's like that's probably yeah. why entrepreneurship is so uh, minimized over there. I, from my observation, it's because if you start your own business, you're still paying the state yeah sixty percent of what you make or whatever. To put it in perspective, at least this point, if you had an investment fund in the U.S., it's more beneficial for you as the fund manager. Oh, well, we can speak from personal experience, right? Looking at like, use, yes. the, use a U.S. commercial real estate example that I know we've talked about before, right? Is that where you were going with it? Well, no, I was going to say that oh, okay. in the Europe, it's actually, it has to be more favored towards the investor as far as the returns are concerned. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there's just little nuances like that. There's still people that make so much money in sure. Europe, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just a smaller country, a little bit more limited mindsets for the most part, maybe overall. Whereas here, people actually believe they can and do be be and do anything. Yeah, which is true. Over there, meh, maybe a little bit just more old school. I think that's all it is, just older culture. Right. This is <clears throat> especially the North American culture. It is kind of like the newest culture of the world still, even though it's like a few hundred years old. Like there's newer countries. <laughs> Liberland is the newest culture of the world. Yeah, actually. Yeah. This is Liberland. <laughs> I was creating the culture. We're creating it right now uh Lieberland would thank you for catching that we're out we are on the Lieberland show guys make sure you hit the like button the subscribe button if you haven't already so the culture of Lieberland is the newest culture in the world over 90 representatives in 90 different countries 
We've got looking at two right here um, and hundreds of thousands of applications for citizenship. By the way, if you are interested in, in applying and pursuing citizenship with Liberland, you can talk to this guy. We'll put his information in the in the show notes. Uh, but you gotta you gotta go through the gatekeeper if you want Liberland citizenship. Got it? Cool. So the newest aside from the, the Liberland culture, what I think actually I, I say this all the time on the show too, is what we're seeing with Liberland now is a kind of a rebellion against the system, similar to the rebellion against the system that North America went through uh whatever, around like the sixteen hundreds, which it was like, hey. I'm tired of all, of all your controlling BS. We're going to go across this water and start our own life. And, you know, people would talk about uh, how those people were mean and cruel and, and slavery, whatever. But I'm just talking about the general energy was like, hey, we're tired of this. We're going to go start up something new over here. See ya. Peace. And uh, it's funny how, like, all the, all the conflicts first started when um, there was, like, a 2% tax on tea or something. Yeah. People used to get mad about 2% tax, y'all. Do we remember that? Two <laughs> percent. Now people just oh yeah, here's sixty percent of my work. Here's eighty thousand new IRS agents. <laughs> I'm calling BS on that too. Honestly, you think I, it's bullshit? I think, think it's just. I a... mean, I think maybe they made some hires, but like, I mm. definitely think it's a publicity stunt to scare people. Because probably, I, I think that I think that the Fed is starting to realize they have to use more fear tactics because they're moving too slow the way the world is going. I think it happened even with the whole last three years, it was like an attempt for mass control. And what it did was create, uh, it's like when you have a, a dam blocking up the water and then there's a little crack in the dam. Like if a little water gets through that, it's only a matter of time before like the whole floodgates bust open. And I think we're living in some dynamic of that right now. Because mm -hmm. like the group that we have meeting weekly, mm -hmm. we would never be, that just wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for the totalitarian attempt of control yeah so i say to the feds bring it on because yeah. entrepreneurship and capitalism and free thinking is always going to persevere there's always going to be a crack somewhere and i think right now that that was a publicity stunt because they're starting to realize like we're out of control we yeah. don't we don't have control like we used to um so that's that the thing the more they try to get control the more they lose it so it's it's very i think it's all a very good thing it's just like i just think of like because i'm about to be a parent too and i think about like okay for example like we'll just use alcohol as an example like if i try to like block my son from like any exposure to booze yeah the chances of him like wanting to pursue drinking and stuff are going to go way up yeah like if but if i act like hey yeah you know whatever have a drink then yeah you create re rebellion in yeah. europe the drinking age is 16 in the U.S., it's 21. I remember I was 18, and I went to this concert in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I drove from Thunder Bay down into Minnesota, Who's eight hours. John Bellion. Do you know John Bellion? No, he's a Canadian. No, no, he's dope, though. He's good. He's good. It's good to find. Shout out to Thunder Bay, yeah. by the way. Thunder Bay, Ontario. And stand up, Painesville, Ohio. Painesville. Cleveland area. Stand up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I went to this concert, and I was 18. I don't even think I was 18. I think I was 17. Anyway, I was trying to get this someone to buy me alcohol at a liquor store and i didn't realize how terrified the u.s population is from police at least there in that moment i, I started to notice it because i went up to a couple people and i was like hey man like you want to just go and buy me some alcohol in here <laughs> and they're like oh man there's cops you get arrested i didn't realize you get arrested and like actually go to jail for something like that yeah, like, yeah. that's a very like almost criminal offense or something to buy an alcohol or buy alcohol for minors right Anyway, yeah, it ended up it never true. ended up working out because I, the last person I asked was this girl sitting on this ledge smoking a dart outside the there store. You gotta, you gotta find the dart smokers, right? <laughs> except, 
I go up. Dart is a cigarette, by the way. <laughs> yeah. those who don't know. I think that's probably Canadian <laughs> uh, slang. It is actually. I, is start, I never heard it saying dart once I moved here. Did you? Okay. I had a few darts. <laughs> had a few darts. Say dirt, by the way, not dart. Dirt. That's a Canadian way. Yeah, it's pretty dirty. <laughs> Over dirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I go up to her and I was like, this girl's for sure going to buy me something, right? I ask her, she's like, are you nuts? I'm like, what? She stands up wearing a liquor store apron. So she worked there. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a wrap. But <laughs> wait, yeah. did she help you out? No, oh, um, yeah. no, but it just showed even before that the population, at least the people that I spoke sure. to were genuinely afraid to do something like that. Dude, in Canada, you can go up to any random dude outside a beer store and give him 20 bucks, he'd go and get you a six pack. Yeah. Like no one actually cares that much here. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, there might be a, there, you know what, there, there's, it depends on where you've lived. Cause I think that if you're in Minneapolis, if you're in a major city, yeah, there's at least a stigma that officers or undercover agents will do that to see if they can like catch people. Oh, so people would have been maybe afraid that you could have been like a cop or something. I actually get asked if I'm a cop all the time <laughs> i don't like even before the mustache and all this stuff like people always be like man are you a cop yeah no <laughs> that's that i think that would be the dynamic there is especially in a larger metro area which i think i was looking the other day minneapolis is like top 10 biggest cities in in the u.s or like close to it well they got them all of america msa yeah and edmonton's got the other big one i haven't been there yet but <laughs> but anyways i'm willing to think that that was part of it is um they could have been afraid that you might be setting them up it's possible and then um, I think if it were to work in the U.S., where you, where people where you'd have less resistance would be if you kind of go out to the boonies where everyone knows each other. Oh yeah, and then they'd be like, all right, well, obviously this guy, you know. Um, and I think living in, in Newfoundland as well, where it's a smaller population, I think you could get away with it a lot easier. Now the drinking age is also like eighteen or nineteen or whatever. Yeah, some provinces are different. Some of them are eighteen. Some of them are nineteen. Yeah, I think it's eighteen here. In it's eighteen here. Actually. Yeah. I was talking to a kid the other day who turned 18. He's like, yeah, you know, I'm starting to go out partying. I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot Alberta's 18. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm coming to you live from Calgary. I don't know if he said that. I know he's in Canada. So, uh, yeah, Thunder Bay, I don't know. It's like it could be also a, a factor of it just being everyone knows each other a little bit more. But got 100,000 people there, but it's a very remote town. So there's no big cities for eight hours any direction you go oh, wow yeah okay. it's very very isolated shout out to one of my favorite artists by the way i think i told you uh coleman hell Do you know oh coleman yeah hell? of course from thunder yeah, bay he's from thunder bay yeah There's two a... heads yeah uh, it was one that was like and actually big one. two heads was a banger and i noticed i love that song and i never heard it on the radio and then i heard it on the radio a lot when i moved here mm -hmm. it's like okay canada's supporting their people on this one so two heads uh and now, of course, I can't think of the other ones, but the Summertime album is fire. Mm -hmm. And I just listened to Take Me Up today. That's actually one of those older ones. Um, Thunder Bay's got some studs. Yeah. Do you know, have you heard of Live Nation? I have. It's like a uh, some type of music platform. They <laughs> own entertainment. Like, they own Ticketmaster. They own all the big that's artists. Like, Rock Nation, Jay-Z. Yeah. He, like, that's an off-brand of Live Nation. Like, it's underneath Live Nation. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So Live Nation owns entertainment. Live Nation's from HQ's Thunder Bay? No. Okay. The CEO is from Thunder Bay. Okay. His okay. name's uh, Michael Rapino. Drake shouted him out in a song. Uh, oh, Pound no. Cake. I say, no, I definitely don't like it, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just fun facts. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Got some animals. Canadians have some good cultural influence around the world. Yeah. Uh, I used to hate Bieber back in the day, but I actually like Justin Bieber a lot. Now I think 
Um, he received a lot of crit criticism in his life at a point where it's like, no one knows what it's like to have 3 billion people watching you. So Especially I, don't, I don't 15, you know. 16 years old. Yeah. Unlimited money. Dude. I think we would all mess up. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited money at 16 years old. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Drake, Drake is someone who I could, I could just never wrap, wrap my head around. And it's funny. Cause like, oh, I was, uh, I was doing, actually I did a live Twitch stream um, in New York city when I was at the NFT festival there. Mm -hmm. And um, there was this guy who came up and me and my buddy, we were streaming and he was like a guest on our show, just like a pop-up guest who was like in the crowd. And I say like there's a bunch of people watching. There's probably like ten people watching. But he came up and he starts talking about Drake. Cause then I said I would live in Canada, so he's like assuming that I like Drake. I'm like, bro, honestly, like, why not? You don't like Drake? <clears throat> no, I don't. I think that um, there's too much of an angle of him playing to now. Again, I'm I'm from the suburbs, right? Um, so I'm not acting like I'm from the hood. My dad is from the hood, but <laughs> anyways. I think he Drake tries to play like the hood angle a little bit too hard where it's like, bro, you're from, you're from Toronto. You're from Canada. Uh, like this is I, the, and I've just seen the, whatever you want to call it, African-American culture in Canada compared to what I've seen in the U S and it ain't, it ain't even close. Like if you want to be hard, yeah. you want to be a thug, like it ain't Compton in fucking Mississauga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you could be like, I feel like Toronto might be some areas, some areas for sure. Thing to like, like thugging. Yeah. But, uh it's cleveland detroit new york i mean it's just it's because of like the history like there's whatever you want to call it like african-american culture of inner city stuff is like it's been around for centuries now i don't really i just can't speak for canadian so when drake he, you know tries to act, i mean shout out to him because he's insanely successful and i i feel i don't even want to give him like much more camera time because that's how much sure. i'm not a fan <laughs> but sure. i just gotta say like um just not a fan <laughs> just not a fan oh and i think sometimes people think people will assume that i like him because i'm mixed and i also live in canada so i i'm always a stigma fighter people always thought and this is the thing in the u.s i'd say all my people of color in the u.s by the way i'm half slovenian half african-american half slovenian yeah oh shit no dobra, dobra. Dobro. <laughs> like much. Yeah. Uh, good night <laughs> Bala. um so yeah i'm slovenian but uh, anyways, having <clears throat> having melanin in your skin, you know, being black, half black, quarter, whatever, even down, like my son's probably going to face it too. We'll see, actually. He's probably going to be pretty fair skin. But uh, people will assume that if you're uh, basically not white, then you probably vote Democrat. That's the assumption. Mm, yeah. Uh, and so especially when Obama was running for office, I was like, screwed. Like, I was just people just assume that I would be voting uh, blue in the U.S. I guess it would be red here in Canada. And um, I've always been yeah. a, a stigma fighter. And I get that from my dad, definitely. Shout out to Papa Carswell, who I, I would say, um, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people on this show. And the common trend that I've seen from free thinkers mm -hmm. is they got some inspiration from their father. Mm -hmm. Like that, I actually just got goosebumps saying that. And I remember you saying something like that. I was like, how did you start thinking free? And you're like, well, my dad used to say these things. Um, and my dad has always been, I wouldn't say my dad's been um, necessarily like uh, an anarchist or libertarian. He's actually getting more into it now, thanks to your boy. <laughs> but uh, he was always like, I'm not going to let, you know, it was like the Martin Luther King approach. It's like, let people judge you based on your character rather than the color of your skin. And he's always just exemplified that brilliantly. And I'll, I'll leave one more story here because I see you got some more stuff. But he, my dad goes into the inner city sometimes and speaks to, uh, you know, young Af African-American kids that are struggling that want to get to pursue entrepreneurship. 
and uh, he had a moment recently where he's just kind of like, all right, everybody's kicking it off. Like, all right, everybody here, you know, raise your hand um, if you've ever been discriminated against before. And like, you know, everyone kind of, well, not everyone, but from what I've heard, like, it seems like everyone raised their hand, right? <clears throat> and then my dad's like, okay. He's like, how many people in here have been told, I'm going to beat your ass because it's black before? <laughs> no hands went up on that one. <laughs> my dad's did. He's like, there has never been a better time in this country for a young black man to be successful. And I got to validate that too. Being in the sector that we're in right now, commercial real estate, whatever, mostly white guys. I, I just, it turned, it makes me so sick when I hear someone who is, um, I'll be honest, like uh, whether it's a woman or someone who has color or both complain about how it's not fair. There's never been a better time to stand out. And especially in the industry, be known as the one. Yeah. You, it's it, If you're known as the one like sharp black dude, you're going to go way farther than like an average white guy. Yeah. So Anyways, it's not exactly what my dad said to the group of kids, but he's like, yo, he's like, yo, if you think someone's like treating you some way because of your color, like throw that out of your head, pull your pants up and get to work. So it's a um, limiting belief yeah. they're putting on themselves. Yeah. And you know what? And it's 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 kind of like an illness. It's like yeah. a sickness, right? It's so a victimhood it mentality. Yeah. So you can't, I guess you can't be too hard on people who are thinking that way. But um, well, yeah. it's victimhood, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I, I don't know, man. I dude like that's it's actually an advantage like i would genuinely say it's an advantage like you said because you can stand out in some of these inter industries that maybe they are predominantly white still okay go stand out and become the one like you just <laughs> said be known around the entire industry you can change the face of the industry by becoming the best version of yourself totally totally um, and actually it's funny my dad has a funny story he was a, a medical sales rep in the 90s and uh there was a pharma <laughs> for pharma <laughs> yeah. i think napperson was like his main thing that he sold but he was uh, for northeast ohio at one point he was like you know sales rep of the year and um there was another uh black guy on like their sales there's probably like 20 of them there's another black guy and he said that um again to his advantage he would walk into places and ever sometimes people would think he was the other guy but like, it, but because they would think he's the other guy, they would still show like, like a celebrity feel to him. It's like, oh, it's Stanley. Stanley's here. And Mike's like, at, at least he's not just some random guy walking in. At least they think that he's someone's like, actually, I'm not Stanley. I'm Mike. But hi, how you doing? We want to buy some product, you know? Yeah. So like even that people could complain that like that is like racist or whatever, but it still gave him an advantage anywhere that he was like, you know, yep. him and the other black guy. Like, hey, all right, let's go get him today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's it's yeah. the dualities of the world. You could either look at your scenario and see things in complete as disadvantages, or you can see them as advantages. That's what it it's complete dualities. It's really just how you look at it. The world's completely mental. Um, um, I can't remember. I think I mentioned, or, yeah, I did mention him earlier in the interview, but Myron Golden mm -hmm. talks about, so he had in, uh, polio as an infant. And that like affected him throughout his whole life. So he walks with the limp. I don't think he's ever really been able to run. Mm -hmm. And you can see it when he speaks, uh, when he walks up the stage. But he's like, I used to be so mad about this, but then I realized it was the greatest blessing ever because because he couldn't like act or sing. Well, I guess he could still sing, but like because he couldn't be athletic and do these things that his brothers were doing, it kind of forced him to uh one become obsessed with like human anatomy so he learned about like what was wrong with him and then he also had more time to pursue focusing on entrepreneurship sales whatever and now he's out of his brothers like the most successful of seven because yeah. he had all that time to devote to entrepreneurship as opposed to other things is what he'll say and um nick santanastasso is another one it's a tough name to spell but look up nick santanastasso i just saw him last week in orlando mm -hmm. and you know 
he has no legs, like torso up, one arm, like one finger, multimillionaire. Yeah. So that's the beauty of this game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you look like. It's it's how you use this. Yeah. That's the beauty of entrepreneurship, which is another reason why it's the fastest way to financial freedom. And uh, we want to liberate more. Hopefully we're helping liberate you right now. You don't want to kill us too much right now. <laughs> well, and financial freedom, the only purpose of it is just, just freedom at the end of the day. Like the money itself, it's all fake. <laughs> it's fake money. It's paper. It's just that freedom aspect that gets you out of the system. Yeah. And, or at least focus on things that you like to do. Things that give you some level of growth and self-actualization. Yeah. So currency is fake money. Yes. Excuse me, just burps. But like a downs of coffee right before the <laughs> <laughs> So uh currency is not money. And a lot of people think that. And you just kind of referred to that. So let's go down that rabbit hole. What do you qualify as real money? Real money. Like what is real money? Well, as Robert Kiyosaki would say, gold and silver is God's money. Yeah. But even that, that's all everything that we that has values and meaning it's just the value and meaning that we place on it true i would say a good deed is real money you know what i heard our heard our president say president mm-hmm. of Leverland, and this is actually money but you just talked about how it's like in your head mm-hmm. um somebody said to him one time when like they're arguing with him it's like your stupid country Leverland, that's all in your head and then he basically said back to him you know say they're from france or whatever he's like well same to you. Your country yeah. is all in your head. Yeah, that's what I tell people on calls. So the citizenship calls that I do for Liberland, when people ask me about like the development or whatnot, even it becoming real, I'm like, well, define real. Like a country is only real because people believe in it, like a cult in a way. <laughs> True. In a way, the the patriotism that's it's very cultish. Um, and it, it can be a positive, can be a negative. It doesn't always have to be a negative thing. Office environment, office culture. Culty could be a positive thing for the company. <laughs> you guys have to wear my wear my office right now. I've been trying to get this dude to come, come visit me and get in here for like the past month. He finally showed up. And then the first thing he said, he's like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Not a big office guy. But, but anyway. um, where was I going with that? Oh, I'm sorry. Culty, oh, yeah, it's in your belief, head. Belief. Yeah. yeah, the country of Canada. It's only thing because people believe in it. The United States of America. It's just a thing because people believe it's a thing. Why is the, the government's only have power because the hip, people believe they do. Why is the queen the queen and the king the king? Why is the queen, the queen, the king, the king? Yeah. It's, it's exactly what you were just Same saying. belief, right? <laughs> it's yeah. Only because people believe it. Yeah, exactly. I've seen uh, some video. I don't remember what it was or anything, but there was some king or something that showed up on a chariot to these peasants in this field in a little bit far further off from where they normally are. He's like, oh, I'm the king of this land. Like, bow down to me. And they're like, I don't know who you are, dude. I don't care. It's, it's just the belief. That's all it is. Yeah. And if you believe in it, you give it power. And that's why governments monarchies they have power yeah people are giving it away so uh, i recently got to speak at um, an event called capitalism and morality i'd say look it up it's pretty pretty mind-blowing for me i got exposed the first time to people i can't remember i shared this with you people i think i did now (laughs) people who are in the hard money sector Mm -hmm. now as at least in uh, American business, hard money is typically referred to as like getting a loan from say like a private company, as opposed to the bank. Like you get to take out a hard money loan so you can buy some property or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, This was the first time that I was hanging out with a group of people that all, like all of them referred to hard money as precious metals. So gold, Mm -hmm. silver, copper, whatever. 
And I found that very fascinating because it is actually the real, that would be the real definition of hard money. What we say hard money is in real estate. That's not hard money. It's good right? Like that's just hard currency. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, I was like, wow, that's cool. And um, I'm actually the, the next person who's coming on the Lieberland show is a guy named Mickey Falb, the uh, mercenary geologist. Dude, this guy is sounds gangster. This dude is a, it's a G. Yeah. Damn. So get ready for the next episode. It's not um, a good one. Yeah. So Mickey Falb, uh, it was really cool to pick his brain and get his take. He's, he was very casually, you know, I've made hundreds of people, millionaires with my investment thesis in precious metals. I'm like, wow, okay, you sound cool. <laughs> I, I believe it. Mm -hmm. uh, so where am I going with this? I guess I was asking you, what is real money? I would yeah. say precious metals, just yeah. because um, that's something that has, you know, intrinsic value. It's not numbers in a computer. I guess you could kind of turn it into numbers in a computer, but you can touch it, you can feel it, you can exchange it. It just has been, um, I think even in the Bible, Genesis chapter one, if you are, if you believe in the Bible, um, it literally says God put gold in the, in the garden and the, and the gold was good. Mm. Like, so God said that it was good. That's another thing about, well, people think that like uh, money is like a bad thing. Whatever you want to believe, if you believe a different doctrine, that's fine. I'm not even necessarily saying like I'm hardcore all the way with the Bible, but it's pretty cool that one of the oldest texts in the world says, God, the creator, put gold in the garden for us and said it was good. He didn't say it was bad. He said it was good. Got that from Byron Gold too. Mm. So Precious metals, it's all good. Money is good. Pursue it. I think that's real money. And I think the other, the OG money or asset would be would be real estate because you can touch it, feel it, you can go into it. Landlord's um, one of the oldest terms in the world. There you go. The only challenge with real estate uh, that I think is, it is kind of, uh, a lot of its rules are still enforced by like the state. Yeah. That's actually the, the top, the only part about what we do that I always like, eh. Here's the thing, you though. Know, but, I don't know who I was talking to about that. Um, in life, everything is arbitraged. <laughs> I guess as much as we like, sometimes we'll complain, oh, we don't actually own this property. There's there's property tax on it, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Everything is arbitraged. Everything. You're just leveraging getting this property so that you can have tenants so they can pay off the mortgage and that you can make the spread, right? Mm -hmm. It's all just arbitrage. You could even get really philosophical about it and say life is just arbitrage. You get what, 80 years here? Maybe you're just arbitraging this body. Like it's not, could you be. don't really own anything. We're just here. Maybe that's a little too philosophical and deep. No, and no, I, I, go, I go into weird places, but in terms to, to bring it back to the money thing. We can go to the weird place after this. Yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> it's also in the Bible. It says it's, <laughs> it is easier for... <laughs> no, no, it's... Uh, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle mm. than it is for a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. Now, that could be looked at as money is bad, right? Being rich is bad. Right. It, the, the biblical references to me, like they're not literally literal. You have to actually break them down and find some true meaning behind them. Right. Is it bad to be rich? What does it mean for a camel to go through an eye of a needle? And it just said it's easier. It doesn't say it's impossible for a man to, for a rich man to get to the king, kingdom of heaven. And here's the thing. In my opinion, the kingdom of heaven is on earth. We wow. create it. Like, we're here. It just depends how you're living your life. Right. And maybe. I'm in my, this great interview. I'm in heaven right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, my kind of idea on that so far from what I've been able to gather is... Kingdom of heaven is on earth. The reason it's difficult for rich men to get there is because they're so connected to material things, which, hey, man, I love some material stuff too. 
let's make it rain in the club, whatever. Not that I do that, but you know what I mean? No, he's always in the club. Definitely not. <laughs> um, maybe a country bar here and there. But um, yeah, I just think maybe because they're more connected to the material things that they've they've connected their ego to more material things, right. which it's such a hard abstract concept to put into words, but I think you kind of go know where I'm going with yeah. it. Like they're connecting to so many different things that it's basically, it's, it's just saying like, uh, don't make it. It's basically saying, don't make getting rich your only goal. Yeah, exactly. That's really what it's saying. Yeah. And also how real this actually is. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Speaking of getting rich, yes, let's do it. <laughs> uh, we were talking about uh, so Cam saw one of the books in my office. It's called The Millionaire Moses. Um, shout out to the legend of Moses too. I've created this. If you're familiar with me in the NFT world, I'm known as General Moses uh, in the DJ world. That's my DJ name. Um, so a lot of inspiration from Moses. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, you know what the general piece does. You know whatever. I don't, I don't military, believe, yeah. I don't believe in military. <laughs> it just sounds cool. So, <laughs> uh, Moses, where I'm going with this, Moses was actually a very wealthy man. And that's something that kind of gets overlooked in the Bible. Another guy who I think does get emphasized in having wealth in the Bible was King Solomon. But, um, I think it's just interesting how people who go, who really go hardcore on their faith think that it's either okay or the right thing to do to be like broke. You know, God will provide everything for me. Um, I just feel like that couldn't be further from the reality of what God want, wanted us to pursue or, you know, maybe someone said what the universe wants us to pursue, which is a life of wealth, abundance, and success. Like yep. that is our birthright. Yep. And that, that's the reason why gold was put in the garden. It was good. Like we are put here to pursue living lavishly and experiencing everything that this world has to offer, experiencing heaven on earth. Like that's the real point of us being here is to have fun yeah enjoy it yeah yeah so have fun and spread the message have a help other people have fun and get to get to where they want to go yeah and back to the currency thing Cur currency it's it's a current it's it's energy it's electricity right it's it's energy that that's all it is yeah if you did have ten thousand dollars in the club and you're throwing it around like everyone's going to be congregating around you why because they can they can feel that vibration they can feel that energy and they're going to come towards it it's all it is. Wow. The people that are the richest in the world, they've just manifest or they've yeah. mastered how to attract money to them through energy. That's all it is. It's a transfer of energy. If I gave you $50 right now, you'd kind of be like, oh, like you'd feel a little boost, right? Because we attach so much to it. If, yeah. <laughs> if it didn't mean anything to the beliefs of the people around, if I showed you a nice, fresh Canadian $50 bill um, with whoever's fucking faces on it. <laughs> so we're going to have a little bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it would, yeah, it would mean something to you slightly because we, we place value on it. So it all, all it is, is a current, it's, a, it's all in your head. energy. It's everything's in your head. The world is mental. Hermetics philosophy talks about that. You should convince the world to put, to think that monopoly money is real money. You know, see what happens. Man, we fucking use monopoly money every <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking day. <laughs> Did you know, um, uh, check out everyone, make a note to check this one out. Stop right now. Mm -hmm. Write it down. I'll do it with you. <laughs> Mike Maloney is his name, and he does a great series on money. It's called The Hidden Secrets. I'm, I'm, I hope you're writing it down with me right now. Make a note. Come on now. Secrets of money. And you're not going to be able to see this on the camera, but there it is. That, this is actually when I first started really going down rabbit holes and seeing what reality is. That was one of the first series I watched. It's like a seven or eight video series. Actually, I think he's added a little bit to it. 
but next time you're gonna go to like netflix or whatever don't watch that garbage like fuck that <laughs> garbage do that <laughs> oh, oh i love my wife uh <laughs> preface <laughs> nikki <laughs> i just I've, i have seriously got to a point where like any anything produced by hollywood i'll, I'll enjoy i can maybe enjoy it for like five minutes but then i start um looking at it from a production perspective i'm like this is brainwashing that's brainwashing they're doing this they're doing that like i can't enjoy hollywood i can enjoy spongebob uh or like movie tunes or maybe something 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 like funny or stupid I, I was really actually big into trailer park boys for a long time oh, yeah. and i listened to their podcast and they started uh like basically um criticizing people who weren't getting vaccinated yeah. and then i was like you know what i can't really support these guys like i used to so i actually haven't watched trailer park boys in a couple of years and it hurts me to say that but like um i gotta stand true to who i am i'm yep. not gonna tolerate that yep. <laughs> you know so um <clears throat> anyways it's it's really hard for me to i always tell people i don't watch movies i make them yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true well we're living in a movie so i don't know to me it's just a big waste of time entertaining yourself the only benefit i see to watching something is if there's lessons to be learned principles values like i'll watch goodfellas okay. goodfellas is a gangster sometimes movie. you can yeah that type of stuff like you can matrix learn. i like oh, matrix matrix for sure kingsman okay so there's some stuff i will watch can yes. you watch kingsman the first one no i have Ooh. no idea what that is bro <laughs> uh there's a scene where like uh samuel l jackson's the bad guy and he gets okay. he convinces everyone in the world to get this microchip in their phone that gives them free internet for life let's get into that yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like I feel like we're living in that dy dynamic right well, now. Let's so, programming. So, so everybody gets a microchip mm -hmm. in their phone. Mm -hmm. Maybe everyone's got a microchip in them from something else right now. I don't know. So, <laughs> and he he flips There's a microchip shortage. Who knows? <laughs> Bro, you sent me that. That was good. Yeah. He flips the switch at one point to test it out. He tests it out like on this. Uh, people are all sitting in a church or whatever, and uh, two hundred people flips a switch everyone just starts getting like all of a sudden they all just get anxious and angry and they just start fighting with each other and killing each other because they're being controlled by like this you know bad guy and uh it's just like whoa i don't know man it's crazy so that's the thing it's all predictable oh, then programming in my opinion. the whole world like the whole world gets this button hitting yeah, everyone's see? killing each other and they want people to see that shit because that way it's they're implanting it in their subconscious so that maybe when it does happen one day it's it's less surprising right it's like oh yeah of course Bars. think about that contagion movie coming out like eight years ago when as soon as covid started contagion was the biggest movie on netflix huge you know that i think i did and what was, is there a movie called equilibrium someone was telling me about that one the other day yeah. like wow it's like the george orwell type of stuff okay well george orwell that was actually my next point 1984 he's your uncle right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uncle george <laughs> and aldous huxley um well yeah okay george orwell aldous huxley 1984 brave new world I'm sure you guys know the books you know the books mm -hmm. i love those books now it took me a long time to kind of figure this out. I've heard some recent criticism where people think that it was like, yes, like it's, it's being more used for evil rather than good. A hundred percent. Because yeah. here's why. If those books were so truther or exposing of what the plan is for the future, why are they in the high school curriculum? Why are kids reading still to this day, either 1984 or Brave New World in high school? Mm -hmm. To me, the only thing that makes sense is that it's predictive programming. Again, it's implanting things into our subconscious because even if we read negative articles, like we're constantly it's marketing. creating our reality. So yeah, exactly. Marketing, implanting in our subconscious, making these things seem like they could happen. As far as the style of totalitarianism, 
to be expected. I believe we would lean more towards Brave New World than we would 1984. 1984 is really boot on the face type of totalitarianism, whereas Brave New World is soft and delicate. Like, it's okay, Adam, we're totalitarian, but you got Netflix, you got <laughs> Uber Eats, that yeah. type of shit, yeah. where people are going to be so subdued, submissive, passive to what is actually happening that they don't care. They'll sell their soul for cheap entertainment, cheap food, garbage, garbage people, garbage work. They'll sell themselves all day long. So that's that's my kind of broad opinion on that. Uh, can you guys believe it, that this guy's 23? I know you're 24 soon, but soon 24, yeah. Talk about a beacon of light and hope. Well, shout out to my dad, Terry. That guy, I was thinking I was like six or seven years old. Did you ever see the Zeitgeist YouTube it, video? It might actually, I'm thinking about this too for your dad. I would be curious to know your dad's story. I wonder if it helps that you're Swiss. Because that's kind of a country that's always kind of done its own thing too. So right? he's not Swiss. My oh. mom's side is Swiss. Oh, yeah, my dad's side, uh, they, his, his parents came from Italy. Wow. Yeah. What's up with this new Italian prime minister or whatever i actually don't know what's going on there i just you saw know, a couple things we were talking, a guy we were talking or a girl? about it it's a girl or a lady oh we were talking about it and then on the call yeah. yeah um apparently she seems to be like decent. similar to the canadian guy you were talking about earlier today yeah yeah canada's got pierre polyev what's up with that cat? he's not the prime minister what is he no let me let me circle back to that okay, real quick sorry, so yeah. um as far as what i was saying with my dad he yeah, sat so. me down i was like six or seven years old and he put me in front of the zeitgeist youtube video i don't know if you ever saw it it was, no. you could probably still find it. It was removed for sure, but you'd probably find a bit shooter somewhere. It's, um, it exposed, it actually had a very deep religious root, which is interesting. But at the beginning, the first third is all exposing 9 11. <laughs> um, nice. So I was sitting down watching this type loose of change. shit going out. Hmm? Have you seen Loose Change? Loose Change, no. Ooh, that's a documentary for you. Loose okay. Change, all about the truth of 9 11. You know it's true because you can't watch it on YouTube there you go there that's, you go. that's, you that's when you know something's legit or at least they're like, trying to hide it they're trying to hide it um what were we saying though right moon after landing BS. Moon <laughs> landing. <laughs> vaccines moon landing 9-11 it's all bullshit <laughs> um facts well no yeah, <laughs> uh what what were we saying though right before i had to come back to that um that you're the man that too no, no, no your dad your dad's uh Somebody dead. Yeah, but you were saying something about we're talking about oh uh, the, pro, the oh yeah Pierre Polyev. Okay, yeah. So that? he's not the prime minister. He's the chief of the opposition. Whatever. He's the main the leader of the opposition. So he's the conservative leader right now. He just got voted got in it. for the leader of the conservative party. And then if there's an election in Canada, he'll be running for prime minister. Got it. Here's the thing: Canada has many parties, but the three most prominent are the Conservatives, the NDP, New the New Democratic. Party, the Socialist Party, that's really for the working class. Right, yeah, NDP is a little bit of a Trojan horse. Scumbags. <laughs> and then uh, the Liberal Party, yeah. which we all know and love. <laughs> Best. So here's the thing. I always thought like it was weird that the NDP and the Liberals, like there were two different parties, right? Because it kind of splits off that local Canadian socialist vote. I think ND NDP initially did a good job. Like, hey, here's a new option that that isn't well that's the thing they were supposed right. to represent the working class but now you got fucking fag meat singh who drives around in a bentley <laughs> representing the working class right um and just talking about racism and shit all the time okay bro but anyway um so I, the thing was it, it splits the vote from the liberal kind of people in canada uh, because there's two parties that are very similar man there's not big differences between them but then i realized 
actually what it does is it kind of takes more votes away from the conservative side, which fuck the system anyway, fuck the conservatives, fuck all of them. I don't care. But they now, because of the way parliament in Canada is, they need the majority of parliament to be on board for an election. The liberals have a minority government currently. The next is the conservatives, like second in line, but then there's the NDP. They don't get a ton of votes, but they have enough seats that them plus the liberals becomes a majority. So they would need the NDP to flip and want an election in order for their, them to have one in 2027 you know, or something like about that. about all this hmm. is that whoever is in control of like the English monarchy still hmm. has authority over everyone you're talking Governor about. Governor General. Governor General of Canada. Yeah. Which yeah. Like, no Appointed by the, well, now King, I guess. Fuck yeah. that guy too. <laughs> 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 i honestly like fuck it bro i could care less anymore unleash the hounds my friend yeah man i don't i'm just gonna be genuine as possible if you don't like it that's okay not for everyone i i genuinely just think this way i left canada last year because i fucking hated the direction the country was going in i just thought i thought that was the most interesting thing recently about the queen's passing was i was reading into it and it's like oh yeah by the way now that the queen has passed who maybe you guys didn't know, but she was at the head of Canadian state. Yeah. Now it's going to be the king. So everyone wants to talk about how cute it is that, you know, monarchies don't exist anymore. And that was an old way of thinking. And now democracies run everything like wake up and smell that coffee that I was just talking about. Like the kings and queens still rule the world the way they did. <laughs> so. Yeah, at least at least they're in cahoots with the people running the banking systems. Yes. Um, but yeah, as far as the monarchy is concerned, you watch every Canadian twenty dollar bill; it'll be gone. They'll 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 take those out of circulation and they'll put in new ones with the king because old Roman Empire tactic: the leader, the real fucking leader, is on the most used piece of currency. Canada, it's a twenty dollar bill. That's the person. That's the slave master. They want to imprint that into our subconsciouses. That's why they keep showing you over and over again. It's repetitive. It's look at this person. This person's so important and prominent. They're on the money. They're on the money. They're on this fake fucking money. Oh my god, it's gross. Wow. Yeah. We gotta get some money with you on it. Some money. Yeah. yeah. That would be against your like your your philosophy. That would be against it, man. Or I'm sorry. First of all, it's not money. Currency. You get some currency that doesn't have anyone on it. Well, money can mean anything. Wouldn't you agree? Money can't. Is there, have, is there any countries that have currency that just has it's just the currency though? Or does every have you ever seen any that doesn't have a face on it? Um, is that like a thing? Oh, what I was gonna say about Mike Maloney's hidden secrets of money is if you look at history, you'll see never ever in the history of money of hundreds of currencies, never has one. There's not one that's like still going. Like yeah, eventually yeah. the currency dies. All fiat currency is created to die. Yep. So the U.S. dollar, the Canadian dollar, there will be a day where it's not a thing. Might actually be around the corner. Well, think about how Europe is getting absolutely rinsed right now. They're having that big energy crisis. From what I understand, the whole purpose of that is to prop up the U.S. dollar. They got to collapse the euro, well, the euro in order is... to prop the U.S. dollar. That's why they're one to one right now. Yeah, which is which was nice the last time I went to Europe. That must have been. That must have been real good. Yeah, it wasn't like that last time. But um, so this is actually uh, something that I might butcher, but I think I'll be able to get the message across uh, this whole topic of like global warming or climate change or whatever. <laughs> My man, Mickey Folk, who's coming on the show next, gave a detailed uh, summary of how the world was freaking out in the 1960s about global cooling. Yeah. I didn't even Damn. know that was a thing. Damn. They just wait like 50 years for the slaves to forget and then they hit them with a new one. Dude, the so, slaves forget pretty quickly. <laughs> so... 
global cooling was a legit thing that people were afraid of in like the 50s and 60s. I didn't even know that. You could look it up. Yeah, I'm so, afraid of that every single October, September, or October, November, <laughs> living up north. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up, I saw there's like a Tim Hortons at the North Pole. I don't know if it's Oh my God. But anyways, uh, Tim Hortons is like the Canadian Starbucks. Uh, so global, <laughs> global warming or whatever. This is how you know that the, like the feds and the banks actually don't believe in it it's just a tactic um and us being in the real estate world we can think of this like most directly say somebody uh is purchasing a, a beachfront complex 300 units on the beach we'll just use florida as an example <clears throat> love florida <laughs> i think climate change and i might get this wrong because i don't really do my research on it because i don't care about it because i don't believe in it but <laughs> climate change suggests that i think we'll just call it within the next 30 years that um, like everything's going to be underwater, right? Like we're just going to be drowning. Um, show me a pro forma or an investment thesis that factors in what would happen to the property if all of a sudden it goes 10 feet submerged. Ooh. Please show me. Show me an insurance policy too. An insurance policy, any anything that, anything that has to do with an asset over the next 10, 20, 30 years. Show me where it factors in what would happen if global warming happens. And you know what? The whole point of, of that is like you get financing from the bank for normally for an acquisition. And a bank's not just going to give money to whoever. A bank gives money to someone or loans money because they plan on making money on yeah. back on that um, interest or whatever. So um, so it's not, first of all, it's not easy to get a loan normally. And two, like a, a bank is in the game to make money on you. So if they thought that your property was going to be submerged from global warming. They wouldn't give you a, a loan in the first place. Yeah, that'd be part of their underwriting. Right, at least be in the <laughs> underwriting, right? So all, all the major banks around the world, anyone who's in, in the world of, of investments, I would say someone who's truly savvy and sophisticated would read between the lines and realize yeah. this is a massive scam. Yeah. If you're not someone who's frequently investing in hard assets, commercial assets, you probably wouldn't really even think about this. Yeah. So it just shows like, Point. that's 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 all i need to know to be like yo yeah this is this is some type of tactic and i the really the main tactic here from my observation i got this from the creature creature from jekyll island I great book gonna, i was gonna bring that up shout out to g edward griffin had him oh. on, on uh, my other show one time there is a, a society called the club of rome yes and i don't even know if that thing still exists it might maybe different form whatever but their whole thing was like how do we create something that makes humanity think that they're their own enemy Mm -hmm. And that's how they came up with the yep. whole climate thing. And yep. guess what? The climate is actually always changing. Always. <laughs> right? Always changing. Is it man-made? And even, um, like, I don't know how deep this goes, like, as far as, like, factuality or anything. But, like, when people are, like, I don't think littering is good as far as, like, keeping the streets clean and everything. I like a clean city. But everything we have came from the earth. Like, <laughs> every fucking thing we have came from there. No, there was no asteroid that came as, like, hey, here's plastic. Make sure you don't leave it somewhere bad. Like, obviously, it takes a lot, lot, lot longer to disintegrate or whatever, but I don't know. They're, that's just my point. Sure, but sure. G. Edward Griffin's Creature from Jekyll Island is a must-read yeah. book. That is insane. What he told, how the depth that he goes to in that book. And you're so right about the climate change thing. Because they can't really prop up different countries with wars and everything. Because people don't really buy into it now. And also, because travel is so easy... Most people have visited Europe. They don't want to go to war with Europe. Like they, they know people there or at least are connected via internet, so Instagram, et cetera. True. They need an outside enemy. They need a virus. They need climate change. 
to keep people distracted and outside looking outside of themselves and also angry at themselves and their own people, their own, no, I was going to say tribe, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Humanity, their own race, humanity as a race, as is my opinion. That's the, that's the only race is fucking humanity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and again, it gives people a reason to congregate and protest together. Don't you just love it when there's protests on Parliament Hill in Ottawa, Canada? <laughs> Fucking change this, Trudeau. Like, come on, it's not doing anything. Especially at least the climate change, like the BLM, all those ones were like, oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do so much. Like, but is, there's no uh there's nothing at the core of it. No, you know, no, it's just trying to empower, especially the younger generations who have, are no actual direction in life. They say, fuck, I can actually be a part of something that means something now. Yeah, but you're being given this the collective. Exactly. You're given this false narrative to feel like you're empowering. You're empowered now. And it's just them manipulating you even more. Everyone, I feel more empowered not in the going, street going like this, but it's like, yeah, for what? Exactly. Just because someone told you to do it. Really? Exactly. I mean, if you look at look behind the curtain, um, there's the other stigma or saying where it's like basically like the left eats itself yeah and um from my observation it's pretty accurate yeah like there's a, there's a show that um i know someone who it's a podcast that they like a lot and it's way more left-leaning and it's funny like they get flagged all the time by their own community for like saying the wrong thing yeah you know? like that doesn't really happen to like rogan for example because most of the people who are tuning in they're, they're with him they know what they're, they're getting into up. But like the left, even they're like, they turn on their own people. Like, mm -hmm. oh, he said this one thing. I'm going to report him to YouTube or whatever. It's just funny how the left totally eats itself. Because it never ends. Because yeah. now it's not trans women that's like the most significant thing in the world. Now it's like minority trans women or like straight trans women. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, it's never so ending. different classifications. Well, exactly. You, it, they yeah. can't. It just, it, it has to fail, it's which is either. fine. That's, that's, and again, even all this pushback, like, the reason we're on this weekly call that we do um, is because of COVID. Like, I think COVID is the greatest thing that ever happened. Believe it or not. I remember you saying that. I think it's awesome. I'm very grateful for it. It changed my life. It took me out <laughs> of the hamster wheel. I quit my job. I broke up with my girlfriend. I left the country. Um, so that was great. <laughs> more people say that. Yeah. The exactly. greatest thing. No, honestly, it is. It because is. In many ways, you're right. And even the the challenges that we face with the well, totalitarian government, be sitting here. Right? Exactly, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Exactly. Like I started. Which, by, by the way, guys, really you guys pick it up on our, like this. This dude is a he is a hustler, young hustler to say the least. Like we work together now, but that's purely on the fact that like he was like like I want to do this. Like there's so many people that would have the opportunities that he had and just like forget about it or whatever. Like Cam. He he's creating his future basically so i appreciate that my pleasure it's well true. as when you brought up the story of genesis earlier god put adam in the garden of eden to work he put him there to work why because it gave him meaning his role was to hinder the garden of eden yeah. um yeah but anyway what were we saying right before that well actually that's something else that um i've heard myron say and i might not get it directly as well but he talks about um again in the bible so something about minding your business is referred to in the book in the first chapter of Genesis, which is to your point. Um, and also why we, we we do see traditionally a lot of Jewish folks uh, successful in business, successful in entrepreneurship, because they understand the core principles of, of the Bible or Torah, which is like God put us here to like create our own our own kingdoms, right? our own businesses. So in many ways, yes, we've been put here to work. And I also heard this on someone else's show recently. Man, I talked about it in my own podcast. I can't remember who, but I think it was uh, like the 1800s, in, like early 1800s in America. 
um, only 5% of the, of the population, and I guess, you know, whatever, we'll say excluding slavery, but only 5% of the population work for someone else. So 95% of the population in, was self-employed. When, back then? In the eight, early 1800s in America, statistically. Interesting. And it has completely flipped the other way around. Yeah. Where everybody works for someone. Well, yeah, now they want people to be on living wages. Like, the purpose of a entry position job is to learn, to, to gain competence, to become better, and then to move up. You're going to work at fucking McDonald's all day for, I mean, in Canada, you'd make, like, 16 bucks an hour probably at this point. But like, in the U.S., probably seven in most states. Like, what do you expect? Like, why why should they give you well, a living that's wage? That's the other thing, too. There's so many people that don't want to work now because of what you're talking about. Sure. That's why I'm calling BS on the IRS agent thing. I'm sure they, they hired point. some people, but, like, to be an IRS agent, not only do you have to be able to work, but like you probably got to be a little smart too. There's so there's so many people sitting. You might be a little generous with that. Maybe, maybe I can. Maybe I can yeah, I'll take that one back. <laughs> you actually have to be really dumb. Uh, so, anyways, I just I know too many people and circles personally where like either someone doesn't have a job or someone's maybe looking hard for a job or they don't want to work. So for them to just be like, oh, we just hired eighty thousand people. I buy it. Yeah, true. But again, fear tactics. Right? Another another thing I always like to plant out there. It's literally hidden in plain sight, and people don't see it. So, at the core of the word government in Latin, have we talked about this? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen up, folks. Take some notes on this one. Pause the video and get ready if you want. Govern the Latin roots uh, mean to control. Govern uh, the Latin roots of ment mente is mind. So government, as we throw the word around everywhere, literally means mind control. So that's definitely the number one reason why I say I don't believe in government, because I don't believe in mind control. Sorry, folks. Next time. Yep. And now that's that's me talking to the government that's tuned in. So <laughs> um by the way, this is this is Cam. How's the how's the audio quality, guys? Good. I was really impressed with the blue yeti. If you're looking to do your IRL podcasting, take it to the next level. There's some settings on here too. If you just YouTube how to do the settings for like an interview like this pretty pretty good so nice work on that thank you um can i bring it back to the totalitarianism that we're facing yeah and how i see it as such a gift which is crazy to most libertarian-minded people where i say yeah this is actually a gift to us it's competition in many respects what makes you better at a sport competition when you're running in track or playing basketball you can practice all day long but you're going to a new level when you're actually in the game. That competition is what forces you to either rise to the challenge and win, or you lose and you learn and you come back better next time. Either way, you're progressing. Me and my friend, Nick, you know, Nick, yep. we play chess shout usually in Nick. the mornings. Yeah, shout out to Nick. Thanks we play chess every day, almost every day. Fellow Canadian who's free thinking. Yes, very free thinking, unvaxxed, huge beauty. <laughs> um, beauty. And uh, yeah, we play chess. Guy beats me every time so far. Haven't beat him yet. He plays a lot more chess than I do. But anyway, I'm, I'm learning. And it's interesting because now, like, I can lose consistently. But every time, I'm figuring out more and more on how to overcome this the next time, how to position better the next time. So it's it's a gift to, to learn, to become better. Sure. It's it's an obstacle that's placed in front of us to either bow down, cower, and say, oh, woe is me. We're going to lose negative thinking or be like, okay, we can change the system. Like Dude. we said countries or just a belief system governments if everyone stopped listening to the government what power would they have what if you just decided for the first time ever 
to just take complete responsibility for your life. They say with great power comes great responsibility, but the opposite is even more true. With great responsibility comes great power. The more things you're responsible for, your household, your family, you have power over them, but not in a negative way, in a good way. And power can come from many different ways. Power can come from fear and coercion. That's negative power. That's what governments try and do. They want to scare people and coerce them. That way they, they can have power. But that's that's short-lived. Real power comes from people wanting to work together in harmony. All the different minds of people coming together, the company where we work in, we like what we're doing. We work together and push this forward because we give it a sense of power. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's awesome. Exactly, right? Yeah. So if minds can operate in harmony and toward in cooperation towards a worthy goal, that is a power that's created. If you have a company and you create that type of mentality within your company that everyone's working towards something, then you're actually going to get somewhere in a long-term way, as opposed to fuck the governance, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you just reminded me here too. If anyone uh, tuned in is interested in, in potentially working with, with Cam and I too, uh, in any way, shape, or form. What I what I like to say, and this might sound a little bit flashy, so disclaimer, but relatively speaking, it's true. If you're in a position where you want to move forward and become known as the person in your circle that snaps your fingers and makes the money appear, then we are the group for you. If you don't want to be that person, then we're probably not a good fit. So in that case, don't reach out. But if you want to be known as the one who does the magic trick and makes your, the money appear when you snap your fingers, um, that person, for the most part, is always going to have a seat at any table that they walk up to. So reach out to us if you want to if you want to get connected. Uh, another tool that we all have, and I was just thinking about this because I remember you shared with me, like, you know, there's a reason why books like the Bible and the Torah and the Quran or whatever, like why they've lasted so long. Mm -hmm. Is because like there's something special there. There's a reason why it's been around for centuries or whatever. Bloody um, so <clears throat> let me think here where I was going with this. <laughs> oh yeah, but what what the, what's written in these books are a documentation of of actions, uh, thoughts, and you know pe what people have said, what people have spoken. It's the spoken word documented, and there's certain levels to success in life that people never tap into because we're not really taught that hey this is the shortcut but uh spoken word communication um and then also using your imagination those are the two most powerful tools you can use as an entrepreneur or again to pursue a life of, of freedom for you and your circle so um one thing that i'm picking up on here talking to you man and i know you use the power of communication frequently for what you do now but um i think we need to like find a way to get you like more into what we're doing right now i don't i don't know how but like you have, <laughs> you have a lot of good stuff that the world needs to hear and um you know i'm looking at if you guys I'll plug it one more time dreamchasers-ix.com that's my personal podcast um i've been recording a lot of content the past couple of weeks i just kind of had an epiphany moment maybe it's because my son's on the way i don't know but um Dude, I've been recording like daily a lot of content. It's gonna be, it hasn't really been released yet, but like there's a nice library that I didn't have before. And what I'm finding is um you talked about like how do, I think you said something about how do people become good at something? Oh yeah, competition. Mm -hmm. Like you get better at this, just like playing, we're playing a game right now. Yep. You just keep doing it. You That's do true. it, you do it, you do it. And there's like times, and it even happened to me a few times in the interview today or when I'm doing my thing and I'll finish doing it. And I'll be like, man, that wasn't so good. That was like, I said a few things that I didn't mean to say, or I said some things that didn't make sense. And then I'll go back and listen to it. And I'll be like, wow, I actually slayed that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 
yeah, it's like this psychological hurdle, I think, that we all have to face. And I just couldn't encourage people enough from personal experience to pursue leveraging your voice in a documented way. Mm-hmm. Um, and a shout out to Alex Ramosi. I know we listen, listen to his stuff a lot. Um, he He's on a mission to you know build this billion dollar business. And uh, he talks about how he's like, man, one reason why I'm documenting my journey on the pod, on his podcast, great podcast called The Game, um, is because he's like, how cool would that have been? And I'm not really not that big of a fan of just Jeff Bezos, but he's like, how cool would that be if like, you know, Jeffy B was recording himself? He's like, hey, this is day 37. I'm wrapping up some boxes or whatever. Like, yeah. hey, there's no documentation of his journey. And uh, at the end of the day, it's all about the journey. The story is what sells people, you know, mm-hmm. so um what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> One of my favorite books, business-wise, not that it's business lessons, but business story. And I believe you can take a ton of lessons from a story. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, the co-founder of Nike. Okay. That book is so good. And it, you're right. It, it gives It sheds light on how someone went from nothing to building multi-billion dollar business behemoth and the competition that they went through in order to become this level and this good right right because nike wasn't always uh the nike that we know dude they started off the first name was called blue ribbon blue the company was blue ribbon that was his first name and all he was doing was importing these other shoes that were called tigers from japan eventually tiger yeah exactly arbitrage right (laughs) eventually tiger cut them off and uh they just start making their own shoes and and, you know it's the show the show goes on but yeah as far as documentation you're right you're right Might, might do something there in that route at some point yeah, I think so. I mean, honestly, what I like to do is the voice memo app on my phone. Hey, actually, I'll do one right now. It's like Inception. I'll do one within the <laughs> interview. It's going to be fun. And then I have something about Nike, and I know we got to wrap it up here soon. Yep. But uh, hey, and now we are live recording an episode for the Lieberland show. And this is an Inception moment. I'm li- we're literally live recording the interview. I'm here with Cam, Ivan. Make sure, I think I talked about this in my last clip, actually, guys. Definitely make sure you check this one out. Uh, it's going to be fire. We might even repurpose it here for Dream Chasers. So uh, just talking about the beauty and power of documenting the journey. Can't emphasize it enough, guys. Like this is the key. This is the secret, the fast track, whatever you want to call it to get to where you want to go. And obviously I can only speak from personal experience. Um, but if, if you want to do it the way that I did it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Ladies and gentlemen, document your journey. And this is um, a, a, a kick in the butt for uh, my fellow accountability coach to hold him accountable to have him start doing the same thing. All right, cool. Back to the liberal hand show. So, so you just save that and then you upload it. I save it. And then I've been emailing it to myself and then moving it over. And then I just realized I have a Google drive folder that I send it all to. So I'm actually, I'll just do it right now. I hit upload and well, I'll, I'll do it later, but yeah, I can just upload it straight to the Google drive folder where the stuff is. And, um, I'd say thankfully after podcasting for like five years now, over the past five, I used to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. It's part of the journey. <laughs> um, about like two years ago, I got a pretty baller team that nice. handles it for me. Um, but the, the the thing here is, man, like for you, if you want to do this, which man, it'd be so much fun to, for you to watch you do it. And this for anyone out there who wants to get started, um, you can do it for free. You can use an app called Anchor, anchor.fm. Um it allows you to create a web or create a podcast for free. You can upload straight to the, you can literally go into the anchor app and record your episode there and it'll just go straight up. Oh, I've heard uh, of that one. Yeah. Yeah. Now the only catch with anchor is it's free, 
And so my show personally, actually, I had a bump in the road in 2020 where I probably had like 200 episodes and it was all through Anchor. And then there's a couple episodes where I used like copyrighted music because I was doing like some DJ stuff. And they literally flagged my whole account for like two episodes out of like hundreds. And just they just without reason, anything just shut it all down. And since it's free and it's run by Spotify, like I tried hard to get back in touch with them like no response and then one would say oh actually no they wouldn't respond and one would say reach out to this group and then they would say reach out to this group so i'm just going back and forth um so yeah that was not fun i i personally now i use buzzsprout which is pretty affordable especially getting started and with buzzsprout at least you have that support where you're paying them so you can hit an issue you can reach out and be like hey what's going on yeah but anchor if you're it's free so you can't really do that so I would say go Buzzsprout, but if you do want to do it the freeway, you know you're not going to get copyright issues, <laughs> then you could do Anchor. So uh, Buzzsprout, and dude, like, if you listen to Rogan's show, it's unedited. It's a straight cut. Like, yeah. exactly what we're doing right yeah. now, it's just going to be a straight cut. So some people like to edit it, cut out the ums and the uhs and the dead space or whatever. You can do that, but, like, this makes the conversation so real. More real, and, like, yeah, if you ever want to do that, just pay for it when you're, like, at that level, yeah. you know? So uh so yeah i i think you i think we gotta pitch me on it you guys yeah so thumbs up if i should uh start a pot thousand likes thousand <laughs> all right never probably had that on the really like episode it. but if we get a thousand likes start a podcast yes a thousand thumbs up spread this video to your friends and family so we can get there yeah it's definitely a b-hack big hairy audacious goal but true. ladies and gents um on youtube because this is we're gonna put this on the facebook page too but on youtube thousand likes on this video and can well start his own show yeah because then maybe maybe you'll have a thousand followers right away maybe that's what they say all you need is a thousand raving fans and you're good that's true that's true (laughs) oh well so either way this is i know a little off the cuff probably a little different than most of the other shows that you've done but i mean i think this is going to help set the tone for future shows i okay the first time we did our show like i watched some previous ones before that even when i first got started with liberland i remember listening to a couple of your shows and um yeah, I was like, fuck, like this this could go a lot deeper. <laughs> yeah. For what Liberland actually stands for, sure, there's the outer image, but not that it like not everyone's as radical. Like that we're probably pretty radical compared to some people, but I mean, we're strong in our belief systems, which you have to be. If you believe in something, you have to be strong in that belief. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and and also I think exactly what we were just talking about it's it's all about documenting the journey so like I, I feel like if you were to go back and look at the first you know 10 episodes of the Liberland show even up to the recent ones and now this one one day this show one day we're gonna have a pretty dope like studio true with the Liberland flag behind us or whatever like it's the evolution so I haven't actually someone's told me before like have you ever watched like the first 100 episodes of Rogan's show like I haven't um that's the other thing too. If you're getting started with podcasting, you got to remember the more volume you do, it's very rare that you're going to have a listener that is actually going to listen to everything you put out or go back to the beginning. I'll say it again. Like I haven't, I haven't listened to anything Rogan's put out except for like the most recent ones. I just don't, you know, I, I don't know. So I've gone back a couple of times have you? to see some of the old ones. I've tried finding like the first episode and stuff like that before when he was doing it with Red Band. Yeah. Yeah, they were on with Brett Man? Yeah, that's when that's who he started with. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were doing it together. They were doing it on his couch with like a webcam. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Yeah. Ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Ahead of the game. Um, wow. So yeah, we'll wind it down. I yeah. think, man, I, I think I had uh there was 
there's obviously gonna have to be part two and three and four like yeah yeah uh make it like uh you know when big thing during covid was london real and david ike like rose ike two rose ike three they're big big promotion for we can do that yeah <laughs> wait rose ike you don't remember that no you ever do you, you know david ike yeah yeah so you, do you ever see london real brian uh what's his oh name? yes uh brian, i know london real yeah so yeah, yeah, he yeah. was doing interviews with david ike that's what got him banned oh well yeah you got yeah david david ike they're gonna they're probably gonna hear us drop his name now on this one and it's weird though he's still on instagram he's on instagram i'm pretty sure he's i don't know if he's on no he's definitely not on youtube i know but. his son's his son's pretty good yeah, Gavin Garrett. And Garrett, Garrett. I Garrett. follow Gareth on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I like yeah, I like those guys. Yeah, spitting a lot of stuff that's not supposed to be talked about. Yeah, that's my style. Yeah, <laughs> and who knows what's real? It's at least thought provoking. Right. You need to provoke yourself to think something different. So yeah, we'll you got to try. We'll throw the disclaimer on it again one more time here as we as we end the show. Like these are simply our thoughts, our opinions from our experiences living this beautiful life that we've been given. And uh, in the in the great words of Matthias Desmond, who came and spoke to our group, and he was on the Lieberland show, I think maybe Shout right, right before this one actually. Yeah, I think his one was the one before this. Uh, <clears throat> the only way that we can create a better future for us and our circles, we, I guess we talked about a lot of ways to do that today, but it it resonates down to the core of what Cam just said is like we're just two guys here speaking our truth. Yeah, and when you can speak your truth and stand by it. That's when that's when the magic happens. Yeah. So you need it open discourse. You need debate. That's the only way to find the truth. We're talking to find the truth. We're a little biased because probably on the same side, but <laughs> you know, that's how you find truth. Maybe, maybe we're wrong about everything. Maybe you working for the government. Um probably maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe going I, to the I, I do have, I do have climate change protests <laughs> <laughs> using your fiat currency. Maybe, maybe you're right. Give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> maybe you're right. You never know. Maybe they're right. Could be wrong. Maybe I know that's okay. I also that's the other thing too. Yeah. Always reserve the right to change your mind. We're human. I always fucking reserve the right to change my mind. And I swear a lot. So <laughs> off the cuff this one. All good, man. It's uh it's more relatable. Yeah. And uh yeah, actually at, at Orlando last week, and uh, I promise we'll this actually does happen on a lot of podcasts, especially like this. Like they try to end it. Can't really try to wrap. Uh, we do need <laughs> to though. We gotta. Yeah, we gotta wrap. Uh, Garrett J. White is his name. Have you ever heard of him? No. So he's. I would say he's pretty hardcore on like people coming to the light through God through Christianity. Which I'll be honest, I've kind of lived that life my my whole life being in that circle turns me off a little bit because it it can actually divert some people from seeing some of the true like the truth behind christianity mm-hmm. like when you see that it's like all right well like some people just write it off it's a shame but whatever that's how it is so um but it was really cool to see someone for the first time like dude he, he's he's basically like a hard like a hardcore christian that was like dropping f-bombs like fuck this and fuck that like on, nice. on, on stage yeah it was like whoa like people's minds were like blown yeah but it's cool because it was like authentic that's the know? thing you know someone's being real if they're dropping that many swears uh, yeah maybe <laughs> yeah it's such a i think it's like or resonates somehow it's it's someone that you're right and, and i'd say it's someone being themselves exactly that's how he wants to do it yeah and that's his way the yeah. cool you're doing it your way yeah. i feel like i'll out of this whole interview i'll probably throw like you know like two or three yeah just to show that i'm real yeah yeah <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> that'll be it. so anyways guys um 
the number one call to action, as you already heard today, is smash that like button and share this interview with your friends, your family, your circle. I'm taking Lieberland to the next level, and this dude's getting his own podcast if we get this thing to a 1,000. So no joke, spread this message like wildfire. Even if someone doesn't have a chance to listen to it, just be like, hey, watch this video and hit the like button because my boy Cam is about to make a podcast. Yep. And so. email me at citizenship at Lieberland.org if you are interested in becoming a citizen of Lieberland like we gratefully are. That's a great, great final call to action. I try to keep it to one. I learned that from Uncle G. That's Grant, true. Grant sure. Cardone, he's like, give the people one. That's true. But we'll give you two. So that way, if you you, you can like the button, like it, and then email Cam, citizenship at Lieberland.org. Like, bro, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for the show, man. Yeah. I looked at it as your call to action and mine. Okay, all right, cool, <laughs> cool. Here you go. Yeah. Two. We're good. That's one. You guys know what to do? One more time. Like the video. Shoot him an email. And we will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning into the Lieberland Show. I'm your host, Adam J. Carswell, joined by the man, Camp Ivan, today. Camp, thank you for investing your most valuable resource with us here today, your time, your energy, your focus. And uh, thank you. Same goes to you guys listening. Thank you for your investment in the show today, too. Thank you, brother. Yeah.